Welcome to the Mavs Fans for Life podcast. I am your host, Landon Thomas. I am joined by Shauna Boz Makani and Kendra Dunson. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about all NBA predictions. All three teams is tough, but we we made an attempt to make our three teams because it was very tough, especially the guards. And then what is going on with the Mavericks? We're going to, we're going to get into that as well with three games left. They play tonight against the Kings who you might see maybe one or two players on our all NBA teams. Um, even with the Mavs too. So it's going to be a a big night is pretty much the season on the line tonight. I know they have to win at pretty much all three because they they don't have the tiebreaker with the Thunder and the Timberwolves. But which one do y'all want to start? Y'all want to start with uh, the bad news, how the Mavs have been playing? Or y'all want to start with the all-NBA teams? Let's get the bad news out of the way. Yeah. (laughs) On a good note, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Do you feel like like this this season just needs a reset? Or what are y'all thoughts on that i mean is is it is it weird to to possibly have not even a plan just straight missing the playoffs and playing all together that it's insane you have two generational talents on your team a hall of fame coach right um, and here we are. I think the the number was like six percent of them making yeah. the play in. Mm-hmm. Not even the playoffs. You know, this team has the potential of being the fourth seed in the Western Conference, and now we're talking them talking about them with a six percent chance of them making it to the play in. So they're the outside looking in. They're not even near the window. They're like on somebody else's yard and hoping to <laughs> get a chance to come over. It's that, it's that bad. It's that desperate with three games left. I mean, at this point you do what you have to do because nothing has worked. Sean of what's your thoughts on where the Mavericks are right now? And just their, their small chance, like Kendra mentioned of to making the play in, not the playoffs. It's, it's frustrating and it's it's disheartening as a Mavs fan because, like Kendra said, you know you've got two generational um, players and and you know the Kyrie deal you know we know came down towards the the middle of the year you know at the trade deadline so even before that I mean you've got a generational player and Luka Doncic a top five player in the NBA who seemingly can single handedly shift the playoff series um, which we've mm-hmm. seen him do time and time again you know the Mavericks were. We're this close, you know, to beating the Clippers, um, you know, with with really, you know, just Luca as their driving force with the injuries to KP and and Brunson being sidelined, um, you know, by the Clippers defense. And, you know, it's it's a shame that we're not going to get to see that in all likelihood. Right. I mean, there's like you said, there's a six percent chance. But even then, I mean, is there any faith that anybody has that the Mavs can even get out of the plan? Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's a tough situation. It's, you know. You know, and there's all this talk now of, of, you know, was the Kyrie deal the right move? And, oh, we should have signed Brunson and this and that. And it's all revisionist history at this point, right? I mean, everything, you know, what's done is done. You know, we moved on. Um, now it's, at this point, it's time to look forward to the offseason. And, you know, you you realize that with Luca and Kyrie on the floor, you have a historic offense by all, by all you know, statistics. Um, 
mm-hmm. you know, the Mavericks need to figure out the defensive end of the, of the basketball. Um, and, and that's what Nico Harrison's plan is going to be for this offseason. You know, the Jason Kidd questions are going to are going to be, you know, flying through the air for the next few months. Um, it, and it'll be interesting to see if the Mavs do get a top 10 draft pick. What do they do? Right. Where do they fall with the, within the lottery? Is it a tradable asset? Do they package that with with other players or is it do they keep it and try to rebuild, you know, a part of this team that's clearly lacking in in, in having, you know, people that are, you know, youthful and, and athletic. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's going to raise a lot of offseason questions. And, and, you know, we're, we're three games away from, uh, you know, from from getting into that. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. You mentioned uh, this team possibly, you know, having a chance to keep their their pick if they if they finish in the bottom 10 of the league. What's your thoughts on the Mavericks? And I'll start with you, Sean of us, since, since um, Kendra went first last time. What's your thoughts on the Mavericks? not shutting down Luca and Kyrie. Obviously they're not eliminated, but them not playing um you know makes their chances increase in a huge way to get a you know um a young piece who can be part of the rotation next season because they let's be honest, they don't have much cash. If they resign Kyrie Irving, they don't have much cash at all pretty much just playing the trade game what's your thoughts on Luca and Kyrie still playing until their until their season's over yeah it's I think it comes down to Luca and Kyrie being competitors right I mean Luca was flat out flat out asked you know are you going to sit out after all these reports came out that Mavericks are considering shutting them down they're, if Luca wants to play he's going to play like he's he's too much of a competitor and same with Kyrie they're too they're too um very very competitive basketball players and they're not going to um you know, they're not going to sit back and, and, you know, take games off uh, even, w- you know, when the Mavericks have a chance. Now, if, if if they were mathematically eliminated from potentially making the play-in, sure, I could see them saying, you know what, there's no point for us to, you know, there's no point for us to play. But even a sl- small glimmer of hope, you know, it, it tells me that, you know, Kyrie's got a voice in the locker room, first and foremost, that he's, you know, he, he's kind of rallying the troops saying, look, we there's still a slight chance. And I think it also... You know, it also lends, um, you know, some optimism to Luca, right? All this talk about, you know, Luca's not a leader and Luca's got to look in the mirror and, and all the things that he's been dealing with off the court for him to come come and say, you know what, I'm still going to play. Like, I'm going to fight till the very, very end. That's what you want in your star player, right? You don't want your player, you know, your the face of your franchise to sit back and say, well, 6% is not good enough. I'm going to, I'm just going to sit out. You know, I, I think for him, he's doing the right thing. Now, whether you know, whether the Mavs quote unquote tank while they're playing, I mean, that's a different story, right? I mean, that, that's a whole, you know, on the back end, you know, kind of behind the scenes thing that we don't know, but um, you know, I, I would have expected Luca and Kyrie to, to play, you know, regardless uh, if they, if, even if there was a 1% chance. What's your thoughts on that, Kendra? You see the Mavericks, they're floating on that line that they're currently have the 10th worst record in, in the league and they need to stay at 10th or, or drop, but you're playing, you know, your two-star players. Anything can happen, especially at home. They're a much better team at home. What's your thoughts on uh, the Mavericks playing Kyrie and Luka to finish out the season? I think um, I think we've seen enough of them to know exactly what 
to know that, you know, as great as a talent that they are, how the team is currently constructed, it's not enough. It's, it's not enough. I feel like they've been there. They've been at the line, towing the line, but haven't been able to cross over. And so they need to be like Portland and be like my boy Dame and say, you know what? <clears throat> I see what the situation is. But where has that, uh, that gotten Portland in the last few years? Well, they got more assets than what the Mavs have. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, they actually have some young talent. They just injuries and they need size but that's a whole nother conversation but the point is is that you know is it bad leadership to recognize like yeah there's a six percent chance of us going to making the play in um you know and just having to readjust your goals because you know going into the season that's not what their goal was um I, I think it's not bad leadership to say, you know what, let's regroup. Um, let Jaden give Jaden Hardy minutes, you know, give um, Josh Green these minutes. Christian Wood, give him minutes. Like the players that we've, um, the, the fans and, and everybody else have been vying for to give them more minutes. Use these last three games to do that. Um, because to me, at this point, we've seen, enough to know that this roster isn't good enough to compete in the playoffs. That's where I'm at. So I will say, and it wouldn't hurt to, to get that to, to, it wouldn't hurt to keep that, um, to keep the pick. So you can use that for later for future trades. So you, and, and, you know, Landon said that we don't have a lot of cash. The maps don't have a lot of, a lot of cash to, to later on use that. So they need as many assets as they can. And so at this point it would be like a pride thing and just be like, Hey, you know, like we get it. You guys are competitors, but right now you got to look out for the future, look out for the organization. And I feel like in a lot of ways, the maps, the way the maps have moved in the past decade or so, it hasn't really been long-term future. It's literally been um, kind of short-sighted a little bit. And so I think if they do this, it wouldn't hurt. I think it would be a change of pace. It would be a different tune. They'll march to a different beat, you know? So it, I say do it just for the sake of just doing something different because going for the same thing and hoping for a different result, it's just heartbreaking. It's, it's crushing. Mm. Sean, it seemed like you had something to say about that. What's- I mean, I, I, I completely get what, what Kendra's saying. And I, I think, you know, especially when you look back at the history of the front office and you look at the struggles that they've had in free agency, you look at the cap situation going into next season, it's not ideal. Right. And and you look at other teams who have really built their teams organically through the draft. Ideally that's, that's what you want, right? That's exactly how you want it. But a couple points it's number one, it's really hard to tell players to tank. Right. Like from an organizational perspective, it make you know, it, it's it's easy to sit there in the in the front office, you know, between Mark and, and Nico and, and Jason Kidd and say, all right, look, we got to lose games. Right. You know, tank without saying that you're tanking um, to tell your players to tank and and to just not play well and, and like that or to sit out. It's really hard. Like there's there's a certain aspect of 
of their kind of self-worth, right? And and their kind of, you know, this is what they do for a living, right? This is this is what they what they've built their lives for. So it's hard to tell them to to say, hey, you know, we're gonna sit out because we're gonna hope to get a top. There's no guarantee either the Mavs are getting a top 10 pick. Like let's we still have to see how the standings play out. So even if they lose all three games, yeah. if if you know if things don't work out, they still could lose the pick. So you know, why not play for play for something, right? I mean you know, it's 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 just one of those things where it's kind of a double-edged sword. And and even with with the you know, assuming the Mavs do get a top ten pick, Kendra, to your point, they could use that as a trade and they get more assets. And we'll get into this, I'm sure, another in later pods, um, you know, in the offseason. But it, it the Mavericks are really in a in a tough position because either you get a top ten pick and then you're locked out of your 2025, 2026 pick, the next pick you can trade is 2027, or they relinquish this pick, give it to the Knicks, and now you've got every pick available until 2029 and because uh, because you gave that up. So really you're looking at you have two picks to give up because you can't trade the 2026 because of the steeping rule because 2025 is going to go to the Knicks, or you give this up to the Knicks, and now you've got four picks and three swaps that you can start wheeling and dealing with. So it, it's it's really for the Mavericks. You're kind of in a in a really tough position. You've seen now – these trades that occur in, in the NBA where it's, it's four draft picks, it's three first round draft picks, right? It's, it's multitudes of picks. And so there's something to be said about, you know, do the Mavericks want to just, unless you're getting a top three pick in this, I haven't, you know, we, and I, none of us have really looked into this draft and, and and it could, no, no, hundred percent. It could, but by all accounts, everything that, that I've read up until this point, every, you know, the games that we've, you know, we've watched things like that. Other than Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, and Brandon Miller, I mean, there's a couple other guys. There's what Jarris Wallace. You've got Cam Whitmore. You've got Jordan Hawkins from UConn who won the won the title. Other than that, I mean, there's are, is there really like you know a perfect fit for this team? Is there really a guy that you're hoping is going to fall to ten that you can take? Like, I'm sure as we get into the offseason, we'll do more kind of analysis and we'll look at the prospects that potentially are there based on where the Mavs are and after the lottery happens. But it's kind of, you know, you're kind of like, well, okay, even if you get a top 10 pick, like, who are you going to trade that for? Because you've only got one other first rounder. So then you're looking at, okay, do I have to include Josh Green in that? Do I have to include Jaden Hardy? I'm sure after the performance. You can't look at it like that. Because let's be honest. I'm I'm just, I'm giving hypotheticals, right? I'm saying that there's, I'm not saying that that's what I'm just saying. You have to look at it from both angles. We don't know yet. Like, we 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 don't don't know yet. That's the thing. Because, like, the Thunder drafted Jalen Williams at 12. Of, yeah, like, and and there's always yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 you know, Jalen's has turned out to be a fantastic player, and I, I, I was a great draft prospect as well, right? But then there's guys like I didn't the know also draft at all. Didn't they draft Oshman Dang with like the 11th pick or something like that? Who's been stuck in the G League and they traded up to you know with the Knicks to get him. So there's always you know there's always those prospects that you know, and and it's super early in that process. But my, my the point I'm basically trying to make is I agree with what Kendra says from the point of the Mavericks should look at this from that perspective and say, we need to get, you know, we, that's how you build a team, right? Is we've made those mistakes before. We know that we haven't been able to be successful in the, in free agency and things like that, but Mm -hmm. it's also hard to tell your two star players, Hey, we're going to sit you out, even though there's still a chance. Well, let me, let let me take the choice um, in between y'all. If, if, if the Mavericks win tonight, go for it. You know, if if they lose tonight, shut them down. It's two games. It's 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 not like you know they they shut it down with ten games left. 
uh, um, you know, injuries are happening. They're, they're, they're starting to fall in the standings. Let's shut it down with 12, 10, 11 games left. They're shutting it down with two. If they lose tonight, they shut it down with two games left. I don't think that's going to change the, the locker room. I mean, they already know where they're at. Um, they've said it that um, the coach said it. Um, all the press conferences. I mean, you can see it on their faces. They know where they're at in the standing. So it's not like it's going to change the locker room and change the stars and and then the role players how they feel about the team if they if their two stars get shut down um, for two games at the end of the regular season when they're playing. The Bulls and and the Spurs, uh, specifically the Bulls, when the Bulls are, uh, you know, what they're only a, a game or um, a game and a half of a better record than you, so you kind of want to lose that game, and you know, you, you just got to make it. They need assets. I mean, I know you said four, but who, who's a, who's going to be available? I mean, I don't even know if a star is going to be available. So that's what that's what I'm saying. I want the, sh- I would want the sure thing. Um, as an organization, especially if you're re-signing Kyrie, um, you ha- you have limited, like literally limited funds, and you you need a young guy because Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, and Luca are your only young guys on 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 the whole the top fifteen, um, you know, roster. So you got to have at least some sort of balance of veterans and young guys, at least like four or five. Um, you know, young guys on the team. So having a top 10 pick um, and, you know, who knows what the lottery, I mean, it goes to, you could get a top four pick if, you, if, if the lottery goes in your favor. I mean, I think that what the number 10 has like an 18% chance again, top four, or I know the number nine has like a 20% chance last year, but that's still good odds. You never know. They could jump up in the top four. And that that would you you mentioned those top three four players. I mean, you never know. So you could you should go for it if it's right there for the taking. And the Mavs are due because they've never moved up in the lottery in history. So who knows? That's a good point as well. And even if even if they play their two stars, let's just say they win the next three games. What 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 if they still don't make the play in? I mean. It, it, it's it, it might not even be worth it so i mean i feel like it's time for a reset with this team and, and they need they need a big reset because there's literally no defense and and you see you see it with the national media they they keep talking about luca they keep talking about Kyrie. those those two have been two of the only bright spots on the team since the trade <laughs> they always try to break those two up but uh, it's literally the defense, the rebounding, and the coaching. Um, if 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 we're blaming things for the spiral on this team, it's not Kyrie. He's been great. It's not even Luca. He's been great. Obviously, he can play better defense, but he he's been great. Um, since the Kyrie trade, him and Kyrie have been have put up amazing stats, but their defense is horrible. That's what we need to be talking about. What do y'all think about this defense? I mean, my goodness. It's it's like it's like it's, college. it's so it's so confusing to me that this team. Well, why is it confusing? It it maybe not confusing. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like oh. I, it, this team went from being a 
you know, a very, very good defense. Maybe not the best defensive team last year, but a very good defensive team last year. I mean, they were like top six, top seven. To, yeah, to what, one of the worst? And let's let's be honest. Like, yes, Dorian Finney-Smith is a good defender. And in, in, the, in the scheme for us, he was great. But before the Kyrie trade, we still weren't a good defensive team. So... All you know, all the talk, Landon. You brought it up. The national media saying this and that. All this talk that oh, the Mavs lost their two best defense. No, this team was garbage on defense before the Kyrie trade. So that it's not like you know that that has nothing to do with it. It's it just it it completely is mind blowing why this team right out of the gate was just so bad defensively. And you look at the number of close losses that this team has had, the blown leads that this team has had. I mean, you reverse just half of those. And we're sitting comfortably at what, maybe the seventh, sixth seed? Like we're in a we're in the playoffs and where anything can happen. I mean, it's just it, it it's mind blowing to me. And and I, we've talked about it before. It goes back to coaching, right? I think it goes back to, you know, schematically, what is Jason Kidd doing? Right? What is why is he playing Dwight Powell so much? Why did we not see a two headed lineup of Christian Wood and JaVel McGee until the fourth to last game of the season? You know, it's it, it just it things like that. It's kind of like, well, why are you experimenting now? Like you had 82 games yeah. to do this, you know, in game 78. Now you're, now you're trying it and it's working like, Oh my goodness. It's, it's really mind boggling that, you know, game 80 of the season I know there's been injuries. I know there's been um, a trade, but game 80 in the season, Jason Kidd doesn't have a starting lineup. He doesn't have a rotation, and he doesn't have a closing lineup. That's that's what's that's what's crazy to me. And I've said it on, on Twitter. I've I've asked them a couple times during the season about it. It's just. Now that we're at the end, you kind of just assess the team because, I mean, where they're at in the standings. But that's that's what's most um, shocking to me is he never had a consistent um, starting lineup rotation or closing lineup. He was experimenting, like you mentioned, Sean of us, he was experimenting all season. And that's not what you want, especially you want some consistency. And I've said it, I think he got comfortable after, after getting all the success that he had last season. He was playing – like Ian said, he was playing with house money. Or um, when he all said that, I need to start writing down who said <laughs> that. Says was what. definitely Ian. Okay. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give credit where credit's due. That was definitely Ian. There you go. My memory, man. I'm getting older, man. I got, I got to write down what y'all say. I listened to it, but I got to write it down. <laughs> um, and n- now this season, it, it seems like he, he's gotten comfortable. He, he acts like he's gotten comfortable. And it, it's, it's just... It's just surprising to me. I understand the defense is bad and they had a consistent rotation. That makes sense. But no matter what he does, you got you also got to put blame on the players because on the flip side, he's throwing out like 100 rotate, um, lineups and the defense is still horrible. Yeah, and it's as a player and, and I'm not a, I'm not obviously an NBA player and I've never come close to sniffing playing, you know, that well at basketball, but I I can only assume as a human being and as a player, you know, 
when you're not, when you're unsure of what your role is and you're, it's really just undefined, you know, it's kind of like, you don't know, you know, you don't understand where you fit schematically. You don't understand, you know, what your, what the purpose is of you being in the game at that particular time. I mean, the first part of the season is for these rotations to get set, right? Like that's your experiment experimentation time, especially when you lose a guy like Jalen Brunson, you bring in a guy like Christian Wood, you bring in JaVale McGee, like, you play around with those lineups the first month, month and a half, two months of the season. By the time you hit January, very similar to how the Mavericks played last year. The Mavericks were a middling 500 team until January of last year. Once it clicked that, okay, Tim Hardaway off the bench, Jalen Brunson in the starting lineup, we saw the entire course of the season change. And that's and and Jason Kidd stuck with it. So it's it's just it it's baffling to me that after a year where he had that kind of success, he comes back this year and makes you know, makes that mistake throughout the season, as opposed to saying, look, this worked last year. Like, and, and, and I defended Jason Kidd up until, you know, January of this year, when I said, look, we Mavs were a 500 team last year. They turned it around. Let's give him credit. He figured it out last year. Let's give him time to figure it out this year. And, yeah. and they just didn't, you know, and it's, that's what doesn't make sense to me. And that's, what's so frustrating is because it's been, it literally was done before last year. And here we are a year later and we're all clamoring for like, why does this seem so obvious? Like, why why are you hesitating to to play Christian Wood more to play Jaden Hardy more? Well, that's the problem. They did figure it out. He he put uh, Christian Wood in the starting lineup in in January, and um, it seemed like they were they're starting to find that you know um, they're starting to turn things around. It was like the end of December, early January. Um, Christian Wood plays, and then he gets hurt, and then that. And he just never got his spot again. And then the Mavericks never found their <laughs> found their yeah. successor again after that. And the, uh, the some of the lineup decisions, the Justin Holiday, you know, putting him in the starting lineup over Josh Green. I mean, that killed Josh Green's confidence. We haven't he hasn't been the same player since since that that Laker game. You know, Justin Holiday hits three three pointers his first game as a Maverick, starts the Laker game, and Josh Green's kind of been He's kind of been 2021 early season Josh Green. You know, the, the one that we all were like, Wow, why did we draft this guy? All right, so so we talked enough about the Mavericks. I mean, who knows what they're going to do? They could win the next three games or they could lose the next three games. But let's talk about our predictions. Let's talk about what this episode, the main event for this episode, all NBA teams. Last week we did, you know, the individual awards for um, this regular season. So let's talk about who we think will be voted on all NBA teams. Honestly, this was this was very tough for me, and I know this was very tough for y'all. But um, let's let's go on. Let's get into it. So we'll do we'll do one at a time. We won't do all three. So just mention your first team, and we'll we'll do all of our first team, and then we'll just um, go like that for the second and third. So who wants to go first for all NBA? Um, first team. I can go first. I think that's the one I'm. That's the only one I'm confident in. So, oh, okay. All everything right. else is a everything else is a crapshoot at this point, and I'm still debating between like four players. So that's why I want to go first. So I got more time. Um, all right, my first team, All NBA. Thought about it. There's only one on here that I'm, I'm wavering back and forth on, but the four I can say for certain that I would not change are Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum. Giannis and Luka Doncic. I think those are 
those are my four locked in first team all NBA. Okay. And then the, for the oh, second the card spot, the so it's so hard, confident. man. It's it's hard. Well, that shows you how how ridiculous my second and third team are going to be. Um, okay. It's hard because it's like you, do, you know, do you go based off games played? Do you go based off you know? Is this an individual award in terms of who the best player is, etc.? Um. I wavered back and forth on this for a while and I'm just going to stick with my first gun and I'm going to put Steph Curry on there on first team all NBA. So I've got Luca, Steph, Giannis, Jason Tatum and Nikola Jokic is my first team all NBA. That's surprising. <laughs> Why you say that Kidra? Um, Listen, I love Steph like with everything, but I'm just really surprised at that pick. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be on, you know, yeah, an all NBA team. I just don't think, you know, he's the first all NBA. And it's not final, right? We still got time, but I, I, and, and I'm, I'm struggling and I don't, I don't know if I want to put him up there and I, and I know who I've got on my second and second and third team. I don't think anybody will move from my third team, but my second team, I can make the case for both guards that I've got on there. So when we get to that, you know, you'll, you'll, I'll explain a little bit further, but but it's a, it's a fair criticism. I won't I won't fault Kendra for that at all. But the boys have been balling though. I mean, was he scoring like twenty nine and a half um, points per game, six rebounds, six assists? I mean, he's shooting forty nine percent from the field, forty two and a half from three point land. I mean, yeah, he's been that's, a, that's a pretty good choice. Oh, oh, well, Kendra, who, who who who's your first team? Let's kick it through. Okay, my first team, I have at guard, I have SGA. All right. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we want to talk about a team that a lot of people didn't even consider making the play in, yet alone the playoffs. You know, SGA, I mean, he's the leading man for that team for even just giving them the hope of that being a thing for them. Um, My guard, I also have Luca. I have Tatum, I have Giannis, and this is the one where I was really debating between Jokic and Embiid because I really feel like you cannot go wrong. It's 1A, 1B, um, but I am going with Jokic. Oh, uh, okay. I, I'm going with him um, just because, and I know this is an individual thing. It's not a team thing, but when your team is successful in, in uh, to me, it strengthens your case. Yeah. And so right now in the West where everybody's kind of fighting for their lives, the nuggets are sitting number one um, right now. And um, I don't, you know, they're going to hold that till the end. And so, and they've been number one the whole season. And I feel like Jokic has quietly had a triple double all season and, um, yeah, I just, I just think for right now, just based on the system and how it's ranked, Jokic is first All-NBA, even though Embiid is also first All-NBA. All okay. Well, Sean Navas, before I give my, my, um, my All-NBA first team, what's your assessment on Kendra's um, first team? I have no problem with it. I 
I. It's pretty solid. Okay. Yeah, I'm about to say I, I you can't, can't say I can't. nothing. I honestly, the, the only one is it's it's the SGA, right? It's I think that's the only one out of that group. Like like Kendra said, your Yoka, it's it's between Jokic and Bead, right? Whoever you want to give it to, you know, that's kind of the toss up there. And then at guard, I mean that that second guard spot, it's kind of like, all right, are you going Steph? Are you going SGA? I mean, there's a number of other guards. Um, that you could potentially put up there. I mean, it's it's really at that point his personal preference, right? I mean, I, I don't I don't fault SGA, especially this season that he's he's been having and leading OKC to almost the you know almost the playoffs. I mean, um, you're on the on the brink of the playoffs. Um, I don't fault SGA being up there um, at all, especially you know the the numbers he's put up this year have been great. Um, but I just you know I just in in my mind I just think Steph when healthy is been Steph. And and if he's Steph, he's one of the five best players in the NBA. Okay. So, um my all NBA first team, I'm going to go with Jokic. I'm going to go with Giannis, Tatum, Luka. And then my final one I, I mean, honestly, I, I I was I went back and forth between both of y'all's picks, but I'm gonna have to choose SGA. I mean, th- that's that's my boy. I mean, he has a higher PER, and and the boy, he's just he's just phenomenal. I just want to uh, reward him for what he's done this season, and he's a flat out killer. I mean, um, thirty one and a half points per game, five rebounds, f- five assists. Fifty-one percent from the floor is shooting percentage. Fifty-one percent. I mean, he gets to the rim at ease, and he's so smooth with it. Like I love watching him play. He's on my favorite um, five players to watch in the NBA. Uh, so I guess Sean Devos, like you said, it's kind of your preference on who you, who you want to choose. And um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Kendra. I'm gonna have to go with SGA as the the um, the final spot on the All NBA first team. I got no no problem with that. Okay, so this time, Kendra, you go first on your second team. This is where it gets interesting. This is this is where it definitely gets interesting because then my confidence goes from a hundred to about thirty. Um, <laughs> it's so hard um, yeah. because the guards in the NBA, I mean, they truly are elite. Um, they're so good, and there are a lot of honorable mentions. Um, I think going forward, um, just because I don't say one name, that doesn't mean other people shouldn't be on here. And mm-hmm. again, these are subject to change. I just want to do it like Sean of Oz, you know, like <laughs> as it stands today, this is what I'm doing. So I have on my second team, I'm going with Curry. I'm going with Donovan Mitchell. I'm going with LeBron. I'm going with Joel, and I, there's one more that, that I'm really struggling with, but I'm going to put Devin Booker there um, just because he can also play small guard. I mean, not small guard, but small forward. So I'm, I'm going to put him there. Um, Kevin Durant gets an honorable mention. Kawhi Leonard gets an honorable mention, but I would do Devin Booker. 
what's what's the oh it's met with some criticism it, it, it landon looks confused right now because he he's a guard he's not a forward but 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 i also saw i, I mean i did some research it, it says it says shooting guard slash small forward so it, i i know he's a shooting guard but i i just don't see to me and this is where I'm looking forward to next season where it's positionless because it's really hard because truly he deserves a spot, you know, but does he deserve a spot above um, Luca? Does he deserve a spot over Tatum? Does he deserve a spot over SGA? And I mean, does he fit anywhere in the first team? There could be debate where he does. I, I don't know, but the second team for sure. I just wanted to put him in there somewhere. And also, you know, the, the, he can replace Mitchell if you want to, but also I think Mitchell has had a really strong season all year, all year. So again, confidence is by 30% right now. I, I mean, again, look, it, it's hard. It's hard to go. I, I've I have a few of the same players on mine on my second team. Uh, I just think this year, especially in the NBA, it's been so wide open. Um, from a standings perspective, from a even the MVP race is neck and neck right down the stretch. I mean, it's it's such a the the parity in the league is really kind of showing out, and so I think it makes conversations like this fun, and it makes you know, the voting even all the more interesting to see kind of where voters are going to lie with, with how they feel player seasons have gone, right? Are they putting offensive metrics over defensive metrics? Do you take team success account or into account at all? Um, what about games played? Like Kendra said, next, you know, the new CBA is going to have uh, positionless voting, which I think is, is awesome because, you know, you can literally just pick the five best players to go on each team as opposed to, you know, position by position. Um, so I think there's a lot of factors that go into it and I'm not going to fault um, Kendra at all for, for that. I, I mean, I, I like, I like her picks even as much as I don't like Devin Booker. I guy can ball. I mean, I, I you know, give it to him. All right. This is where I'll give you the three. I know for sure. On my second team, I've got Shea because I had Steph in my first team. That was my, you know, do I want Shea? Do I want Steph? And I went Steph. Shea is on my second team. Uh, Joel Embiid, same thing. And LeBron. The season LeBron's having, we talked about it before the podcast, is just ridiculous. To average 29 points at, what is he, like 39 now, 38, whatever he is. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And and yeah, he missed games, but he's come back. He's led the Lakers down the stretch, you know, hope, you know, into a playoff positioning. I mean, he's having a great year. So he's definitely second team, um, all NBA. Then I got, ah, man, and it's hard because Kendra mentioned a name that I did. I didn't think about because of games played, but if you really look at the season he's having when he's been healthy, it's arguably one of, if not his best season as a pro, And it's it's hard to keep him off the list if that's what we're going on. So I got to put Kevin Durant because I think his season he's having is just is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I can't believe Kendra didn't say this, but I got Dame on my second team. 
all NBA. I, I think Dame is is by all uh, by all metrics, right? If you whatever metric you want to look at, wins over replacement, he's what was he? he was he's fourth in the league and wins above replacement. And yeah, he's really the only kind of guy on that team, you know, for all that Portland's done to kind of rebuild that roster. But Dame carries that team and carries that franchise. But he's he's a hundred percent in my in my mind you know, a, a second team all NBA player. I mean, you talk about the impact that he's got on the game, the number of clutch shots he can hit. He's arguably the second best shooter of our generation behind Steph Curry. I mean, he deserves that that second spot for sure, I think, over Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker, while yes, a good basketball player, if I you know, I think Dame does a lot of things better. Um, Booker's is probably a better mid range shooter, but I think Dame offensively, you know, just if you put Dame surround Dame around a team that Booker has and I think you'll. I think the narrative around Damian Lillard changes, and and the way he gets to you know the, his his playoff history changes. So I, I think if if this award to me is is an individual award, just player by player, and I would take Damian Lillard second team. So that's I. So then I, again, I just to recap: I Dame, SGA, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Joel Embiid. Any list that has Damian on it is a perfect list for me. <laughs> so shout out to Damien. Um, I I would like to believe that uh, he's listening uh, somewhere. Um, but I, I know Sean Devise, you're not the biggest fan of Devin Booker, but you know he's <laughs> the the season that that he's having. He's averaging 28 points, four rebounds, five assists, almost 50 percent field goal, like. He's having a great year. I, I'm not. I you, and you know, and I and I say I don't like Devin Booker because you know I'm a Mavs fan and and you know all the history with the Mavs and the Suns last year. But he is a great basketball player. There's no doubt about that. I just think the All NBA team is more so than probably any other award in basketball. I, I think it's an individual statistical award, right? And and yes, Booker's got great stats, but I just think Dame's. I think Dame has better stats. And, and the numbers, I mean, the wins of a replacement, you know, he's he's fourth in the league. Like, the guy is irreplaceable on that team. I get that. I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm just saying, like, when I think about the position with Devin, like, there are not a lot of other players in his position that's better than him. And I'm not saying this as a, as a book fan, um, but just looking at the position and looking at the other players – I mean, some would say he's top two in his position. So there's there's not a lot there's not a lot of um, other players who who, are, who can compete with him who are on the same um, level as him. That's all I'm saying. No, def- definitely respect it. Okay, so my second team first person you have to choose is Embiid. Obviously, could be first team, but I think. Jokic just is playing better by a close margin. And that's no knock to Joel. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, him and Giannis, to me, are neck and neck for second place for the MVP. Um, but uh, I have Embiid on the second team. And then I have Dame and Curry, um, the old heads, the veterans, the, the, the all-star veterans, um, superstar veterans. For the guards on the second team. And then I have LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Obviously, next year, the games played will matter more 
um, because <laughs> they actually have to play a threshold of 65 games. But um, I'm, I'm going to take them second team. They've been flat out hooping this season. I have no problems with that. Virtually identical. Kendra, what, what, what's your thought? Kendra gave us a silent thumbs up. <laughs> All right. So this is the main event. This is where things get very interesting. Shauna Vaz, what is your third team all NBA? All right. This one was really difficult. And we have what? A couple games left in the season. So it may change. I'm going to preface that. Um, so I've got Donovan Mitchell. I think he's 100% worthy of, of an all-NBA team this year. Laurie Markkinen, who has balled out, um, having the best season of his career, um, made the Jazz interesting, which is hard to do. Um, made an all-star team. I mean, the guy is shooting lights out. I think he's one of the only players ever, maybe, or I can't remember the stat, but 200 threes and 100 dunks, like something crazy like that, which is kind of a cool stat. Um, then it gets tricky. My other guard, my other forward, and my center. So my other guard, actually, I'm going to save that. My other forward, it came down to two, it came down to two people for me. Um, and it really wasn't, this is where Landon, like you talked about, it, it gets into what are those other factors, right? In terms of what, you know, kind of this, the season that they're having, the impact that they've had on their teams. Um, for me, it came down to Jimmy Butler and Jalen Brown. Um, and I'm giving it to Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown is having the best season of his career. He's put himself in a position to say, whatever happens next year, he's going to make a lot of money in free agency, wherever he gets traded. If he gets traded from Boston, he's put himself in a position where now people view him as a potential legit number one option, not just second fiddle to Jason Tatum. Um, and when Jason Tatum has struggled in, in a lot of these Boston games that we've seen, especially this year in 2023, we've seen Jalen Brown kind of pick up the slack for him. Um, you know, his defense has improved tremendously. He was always, always a really good defender, but now he's he's a scary on-ball defender. Um, so I think Jalen Brown definitely deserves that. And no, no discredit to, to Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, Butler's had a, had a great year, but offensively the production is just not there. He's never been a great shooter. Um, you know, Miami themselves are, are just not good. Um, but yeah, I'll give it Jalen Brown and then man, center and guard. I'm going to do this for my boy, Ian light the beam. Give me Darren Fox and DeMontis Sabonis teammates on the third team, all NBA Darren, both of them having crazy years leading the Kings to the playoffs um, I, I think Fox was on there for me no matter what. I think just the season he's been having has, has been tremendous. Um, Sabonis was a tough one because it, it came down to either Sabonis or Anthony Davis. And I think the way that Anthony Davis has played down the stretch has been really, really great. Um, but Sabonis just has done it all year long. Um, you know, and, and coming over from Indiana and really kind of taking the reins over in, in Sacramento, he's, he's led that team like I said, to a playoff berth, him and De'Aaron Fox have been great. And so I, I got them both on my my uh, all-NBA third team. So De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Laurie Markkinen, Jalen Brown, and DeMontis Sabonis. Okay. Uh, Kendra, what, what's your third team all-NBA? All right. So I'm going with the automatics, which to me are Sabonis. 
Um, Jalen Brown is my guy, so I'm going with him as the uh, third team. Case can be made for second team. Um, Lori, I'm going with him. Now my guards, I'm going with my boy Dame, Dame Dollar. Um, and also, I was debated between um, actually three guards. <laughs> Um, John Morant, Jalen Brunson, and um, Fox. So I'm going to go with Fox. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really hard. I think we've been saying this the whole time. Um, I, to me, you really can't go wrong with any of those because all of them impact winning for their teams. Um, the fact that, you know, John Morant, you know, their team is still, you know, they're, they're the second seed or they're the top three or whatever in the Western Conference. Um, Fox, you know, him and Sabonis, like, they're the difference makers uh, for that squad. So I'm going with I'm going with Fox. I'm going with Sabonis. It's a new era for the Kings and it starts with them, too. And so. You know, they're having a, a really good year and it's only right to reward the two players, you know, the, the cornerstone um, people for their franchise. OK, so y'all have some good picks uh, for third team. I know it was hard. Uh, my third team, I'll just state the obvious the bonus. Lori, those two guys dominated this year. Uh, Mitchell. um he, he could be higher, but Luca, SGA, Dame, and Curry, they were phenomenal. So Mitchell is the fifth guard on. Um, and then this is where it gets interesting. This is where I kind of pull a Kendra, to be honest, because um, Brown is my guard. He, he's listed as a guard. He's listed on ESPN, uh, basketball reference, NBA.com, stat sheets. Um, as a uh, shooting guard, but he plays mostly small forward. Uh, you know, Tatum mostly plays power forward, but he's listed as a small forward. Um, so I'm going to put my boy Jalen Brown at the, the second guard on the third team. It's his time. It finally gets some recognition, um, uh, more than an all-star. And I'm going to put uh, my forward, Jimmy Butler, you know, Jimmy Buckets. He's actually been uh, he's been a sleeper this season. He's been very good. He he's, he's like seventh in per. He's 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 shooting fifty three percent from the field. Um, and it, from what he's doing, um, I know Miami doesn't get a lot of um, notice this this season. But Jimmy Butler is definitely having an incredible year. So he is my um, other forward on the third team. Okay, so those were all. all all NBA predictions, um, it's always fun to do. Um, can't wait till the official um, all NBA teams come out so then we can see how we did. But final words, Kendra, we'll talk about the positionless change for the all NBA teams. How, how impactful will that make the voting next year? 
I think I think it's good. I mean, like we were talking about it uh, before the pod. Like Joel and B, you know, because he was a runner up for MVP, playing the same position as Jokic, you know, he automatically got kicked to to second team, you know. But he deserved to be on um, the first team, and I think now you know, removing the positions or whatever, it, it just gives an open system. And now we don't have to um, dictate it by, it's almost like you don't have to play it by the rules. It's pretty open. And I like that. I like that for players like um, Joel and, you know, you can have four guards, um, you know, and, and one center, like that's, that's pretty cool because you see how hard it is to pick um, right now because you're trying to cherry pick from a very, very um, abundant of, of players, quality players who deserve some love. And so I'm excited to see exactly how it's going to look um, next year. Hopefully it's easier uh, for the voters to pick, but I also think it's fun um, for us, you know, and fans and things like that to see exactly, you know, how we you know what the eye tests say and how we decide to 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 pick or whatever but i'm excited i'm looking forward to it um because again joel and other players like that it it also helps their contract you know i'm not saying millionaires need more millions but when it comes to making more money anybody would be more motivated <laughs> to to play a little bit better and they're probably probably feel a little dejected as well, knowing that, hey, I could have made just a little bit more if I made the first team rather than the second team, but I couldn't make the first team because of a systemic way of voting. But now that's going to be completely eradicated, and it's just now just off off of talent and skill and not position. Yeah, I definitely agree. I can't wait. You you might have five guards on the third team. You might have four front court players on uh, the first team next year. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Shauna Vaz, final words for you. Uh, something a little different. Um, the game tonight is a must win. The Thunder lost last night. So what's are you looking forward to seeing from the Mavericks tonight? against the Kings effort. That's what I've said. I'll keep saying it. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say at this point with, with three games left. I mean, just some effort on the defensive end. I mean, it's yeah, we've talked about it a lot. Just, just show some effort on defense. That's it. Yeah. You said it. That's, that's all I want to see is effort defense and rebounding. Um, you basically have to win these three games to get in the play in, or, uh, if, if they lose tonight, just shut it down. I mean, make sure that you lose against the bulls, the, the spurs, <laughs> you, you might win that game even without Luca and Kyrie, but just do what you can to get that top 10 pick. If you lose tonight, if you win tonight, go for it, go for the play in. You never know the, the thunder are losing games and you never know what, what could happen in the play. And all you need is two games to, to make the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, but just want to say thanks for everyone tuning in, um, to this episode, Kendra and Shauna Vaz. Thank you as always. And Ian as well, uh, just for, uh, um, continuing to come on the show and, and and thank you all for listening as well. I think next week we should know 
if the Mavericks are going to be in play-in or it will be the season finale of this podcast. Goodbye, everyone.